Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Man, I had a blast watching that Colts game yesterday. Uh, Colts win by a field goal in overtime. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the WIBC hotline. Kevin Bowen is from our sister sports station, 107.5 The Fan, part of the wake-up call with KB and Andy. And KB, Nigel was gone last week when we had our conversation, but I made it perfectly clear. I hate the city of Baltimore. I think it's a rat-infested hell. <laughs> hole. I think if you walk through that city and you don't step on a cockroach, you should probably buy a lottery ticket. So if the Colts don't win another game all year, nothing brings me more joy <laughs> than knowing that the Baltimore fans, who are still salty that the Mayflower trucks brought their team here to Indy, have to go all season long knowing they got beat by a backup quarterback. Uh, calling up Joe Hogshead saying, hey, can we get a, um, you know, a Mayflower parade here on Monday morning? This may shock you, KB, but uh, he does not return my calls. <laughs> Shocked by that one. <laughs> so what's the storyline from yesterday? It's it's the kicker, Gay, right? Matt Gay, four field goals, 50 yards plus. Is that the story? Yeah, easily. It's, it's honestly, I think it's the greatest regular season kicking day in league history. Wow. Uh, I mean, four field goals from at least 53, and, and that, like, stands out. I mean, obviously, that's, that's a crazy day. But then you factor in, you know, the weather, outdoors. You know, what a day for Matt Gay in the sense of, like, you know, he's facing Justin Tucker. I mean, Justin Tucker, the Baltimore kicker, is arguably the best kicker in the NFL. So I would think just a meaningful game for him considering who the other kicker is. Um, and then if you watch those kicks, guys, I mean – Right down the middle, oh, yeah. every single time. I mean, little like uncertainty when he was kicking it. Um, you know, all of them came in meaningful moments. I mean, it was a one possession game throughout. Neither team had a two score lead, and you know, he he, he makes the um, the kick in the third quarter, makes another one in the fourth. Obviously, makes the kick at the end of regulation, and the one there to force overtime. I mean, just all four of them, just critical, critical points in the game as well. So. Um, an absolutely historic kicking day. And, and for a guy giving the Colts, he obviously got paid very, very handsomely in the offseason, you know, giving the Colts an element that they hadn't had in recent years, and that is you know, any sort of long-distance kicking. Honestly, the Colts probably wouldn't have even attempted those kicks yesterday, let alone yeah. make them you know, four for four. Well, wasn't Matt Gay signed to the Colts practice squad at one point in 2020 before he went to the Rams? Yeah, it's a wild story. The fifth round pick wow. um, of the Bucks back in 2019, which is you know kind of a high draft pick for a kicker, and didn't kick well in Tampa. Uh, was signed here during that COVID year, which you know a lot of teams kind of had an extra kicker, an extra quarterback. So the Colts had that when uh, Rodrigo Blankenship was their kicker, and then he left here, went to the Rams, and had a you know great, great 2021 and 2022 season, and finally kind of lived up to that. You know, fifth round billing and kicked in a Super Bowl and has made a lot of big playoff kicks and, you know, 50 yard plus kicks. So it's certainly taken quite the path, but I think he's finally got back to that point where, you know, why Tampa and, and some other NFL teams coveted him so highly. Kevin Bowen joining us from 1075 The Fan, recapping the Colts' win in overtime. 
in Baltimore. Defense stepped up again, KB. I thought Minshew did a great job in managing the game. Uh, wasn't dynamic by any means of the imagination, but he did enough to get the Colts in position to win. But the defense, I thought, really played well. Yeah, and that defensive front in particular, Hammer, I feel like has been really disruptive this season. Um, you know, it's a group that whether it's you know Creighton's acts or Creighton turnovers, um, you know, I thought they really kind of set the tone. And yes, you had that early drive by Baltimore, but really the play that that, that turned it, I thought early on was Juju Brents, the uh, rookie out of Warren Central. He had that big forced fumble. He even fell on that fumble, and that was at a point in the time of the game where. You know, Baltimore, I look like they're going to go up 10 nothing, maybe even 14 nothing. So just a huge sequence there by Brents to make that play. And a really, really important, um, I thought, from a momentum standpoint, to just inject a little bit of life as the visiting team or else you get down two scores and you know, your offensive line and a backup quarterback holding up, you know, would have been a, uh, a concern. But, yeah, your defensive front has been really, really good this year. Some timely pressures on Lamar Jackson. And really outside of two drives, Baltimore had a pretty quiet day offensively. So I don't think there's any question who the number one quarterback is, right? We all know who number one is, and we're hoping that Anthony Richardson comes back and plays against the Rams. But I was thinking throughout that game, Kevin, do the Colts win that game if Anthony Richardson is the quarterback? Um. That's a good question. You know, I certainly what Minshew did the best yesterday is he didn't turn it over. Outside of that, I don't really know how much good he brought to you. I, I thought the passing offense had a real, real struggle. Obviously, you're limiting yourself from a run game standpoint when Minshew is their quarterback. Um, the other area I thought that was a struggle, whether it was all on Minshew or the offensive line a little bit as well, but and there were just some free blitzers early on in that game where either they weren't identified pre-snap or when the ball was snapped, um, just awful pocket awareness in particular by Minshew in you know getting rid of the ball or you know took a lot of just huge hits. Yeah, that play. Hamilton guy for uh, for Baltimore laid him out like three or four times. I mean, he was yeah, uh, Minshew was peeling himself up off the field. I'm like, somebody might want to keep an eye on that Hamilton dude because this <laughs> keeps right? happening. And again, I mean, we're we're just talking Nige. I mean, free free rusher. It's not like you know guys were you know missing blocks on him or anything like that. So some of that I do think is quarterback related and just general awareness to say, okay, let's identify, okay, that guy, that guy's probably going to come. I've got two, whatever, two and a half seconds to get rid of the ball here. And you didn't really see any of that. But again, credit to Minshew for not turning it over, but I'm not one that sits here today and, you know, thinks that, oh, you know, stick with Minshew or, you know, if you had Richardson, yeah, I mean, sure. If you had Richardson, I don't know, maybe on the road, in those elements, um, maybe you do have a few more like turnover type plays, but um, still, I, I, I don't think I can go there. All right. So, as fun as the ending of that game was for Colts fans, KB, I felt bad for you Saturday night because I know how much of a Notre Dame fan you oh, are. No. You are Mr. Notre Dame. Like, you're the dude that probably has the leprechaun suit hanging up in his <laughs> closet. And the way that that game ended with Notre Dame's coach not having the proper amount of defenders on the field for multiple plays. Kevin, take me through your highs and lows of Saturday night. <laughs> 
Well, as you asked the question, Hammer, I'm just tapping my fingers on the table, and by the time you finish asking the question, I feel like my fingers are about ready to go through the table <laughs> as you had me relive that that moment. I was very fortunate enough to be in the stadium on Saturday night. I think you can probably hear a tent of raspiness out of my voice. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just I, I try not to speak in hyperbole. I think it's arguably the dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen back-to-back plays, 10 players on the field. I don't know if they thought touchdown Jesus or Lou Holtz was lining up (laughs) as their 11th player there. But I I like Marcus Freeman a lot. I think he's done a lot of good. I think he's got a bright future, but that is just beyond inexcusable. Back-to-back plays, we can get into, I mean. Was that worse than the fake punt that Pagano did, though? (laughs) You said it was the worst coaching you've ever seen. Was that worse than Pagano's fake punt? It, 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 1A and 1B. I mean, literally, because you it was two back-to-back plays. You had taken a timeout the first time, and then Ohio State had subbed on the second time. We saw that during the Colts-Ravens game yesterday. You know, when, when one team subs, the other one can counter. And to not even sub there in that moment. And the worst part about it is they knew. And, like, the rationale just – yell out there or hell run on the field get a penalty a penalty there does nothing of real advantage to Ohio State it it turns one yard into a half yard I think a 250 pound defensive end being on the field would help you out there to defend a half yard so um, clearly I'm not over it Um, just a great 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 game and had a great opportunity to record one of the bigger wins that program's had in a while and decided to piss down their leg late. (laughs) But if you beat USC and you beat Duke, there's still a pathway for Notre Dame to make that Final Four, though. Sure, but the margin for error is gone. And, you know, at Duke and at Louisville, both in primetime the next two weeks, and then USC at home, I mean, that's a hell of a four-game stretch here. You still have to go to Clemson. I know Clemson has had some issues this season, but – I think that's a disappointment and just all of the, you know, all of the pregame hype and it's Ohio state and, you know, all of that. It's not like you play them on an annual basis. Who knows what's going to happen with the expansion of the big 10 and what's that going to do to these matchups. Sure. You still have a chance, but boy, in college football, you just lose one game by what three, four inches and the margin for error is all but gone. I was uh, telling Nige earlier, if I ran social media for the IU football team after their four-overtime ugly win against Akron, I would troll everybody else in the state. Oh, I'm sorry, Notre Dame, Purdue, and Ball State. Not everybody can look as good as we did this past weekend. <laughs> well, watching Tom Allen post-game locker room snap his fingers to the IU fight song, I thought I was watching Straight No Chaser or maybe somebody in the, in the glee club here. So when Akron misses a 32 32- two-yard field goal, I guess you do rejoice and uh, and celebrate when the rest of the state uh, plays like they did. KB, Kevin Bowen, 107.5 The Fan. The wake-up call with KB and Andy. Kevin, thank you. All right, see you guys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.